Welcome to the Future Built Smarter, a podcast in which IMIG engineers discuss innovative and trend-setting building and infrastructure design with architects, owners, and others in the AEC industry. I'm your host, Joe Payne. I'm communications manager here at IMEG, and I, I'm very excited to, to welcome everybody to our pilot episode. Uh, with me today is uh, my co-host, Mike Lawless. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Mike is our uh, client executive in our St. Louis office. He's a mechanical engineer who does a lot of work in the healthcare and science and technology markets. And uh, with us today also, we have Jeff Carpenter. Jeff is in our Des Moines office. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks, Joe. Great to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Uh, Jeff is the leader of our national technology team. He is an electrical engineer, and uh, both Mike and Jeff have been with IMEG for many years and are, are client executives that uh, are leaders in, within our firm. So today's topic is intelligent buildings. And I'm going to start with a, a question for Jeff. Uh, Jeff, is there a difference, a distinction between the term smart building, which we've uh, heard for a long time, and intelligent building, which seems to kind of be the, the new phrase of the industry? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Joe. It, it the both of those phrases are are a little troublesome in our industry. It, smart building, especially, it's been around a long time. You know, we've probably been talking about that for decades. There's thousands of articles written about it, but I kind of feel like it's a phrase that's so nebulous that it's not really helpful. It it almost detracts from the goal, in my opinion. We did a uh, presentation on this for BDC Accelerate Live back in 2018. And one of the questions that we raised at that time that I like to raise with clients is that, you know, if a client says, I want to build a smart building, or a design team says, we're going to design a smart building, do we really know any more than we did before we said those, those things? And so if the answer is no, I, I think the industry has to do something different in terms of how we talk about this so that we get to something that's actually measurable. We get to a goal. And I think intelligent buildings, honestly, it's kind of like a version 2.0 of smart buildings. It's to me, it feels like a little bit of a rebranding. We, we talked about smart buildings for a decade. It didn't really get us anywhere for the most part, and now we're trying a different phrase. So I think the onus is on our industry to really look at this in a completely different way. Hey, Jeff, I think, you know, just thinking about that, you think about, you know, that, that just the terminology and things, and you talk about an intelligent building, does that start to change the focus a little bit more towards the, the occupants of the building and how, how we interact between the building and the occupants? Is that part of that change in, in terminology? Yeah, I, I think it does. Um, and I think that's a good progression of the concept. I, to me, a smart building in the way that we've talked about it over the last 10 years, it was too much like a noun that you point to and you say, oh, that's a smart building. And I think part of what the industry realized is there were very, very few examples of those to be able to point to. Yet we all know we've made all of these incredible advancements in technology. 
And so I think the intelligent building does in some ways progress the conversation from not just thinking about the building, but thinking about the occupants, like you said, Mike, thinking about the, you know, energy usage and all the different ways that the building and the occupants and the owner uh, can achieve outcomes that they likely wouldn't have been able to achieve without the intelligence in the building. Because, yeah, Jeff, I mean, I think about a smart building in, in some of that past terminology. In a smart building, you, you sometimes think about the energy use and how you control things in a building and, and maybe occupancy sensors and, and some of those really nuts and bolts facility operational items. Yeah. And I, and I think as we go forward, we're going to see more and more, you know, gathering and use of that data, but also just there's just so much more data that I think is going to be available. I think you're right. I think the classic, you know, one for the smart building is, oh, I can, you know, present my security badge at the door and then turn on my lights in my area where I work and then set my temperature set point. And I think in some ways that's that's just the technology bragging about the technology versus an owner really seeing value in that. And I think switching from the smart building terminology to an intelligent building terminology, whether it was intentional or not, I think that sort of does represent a shift to thinking about the end goals and how to achieve it versus, hey, we can do all this cool stuff from a technology perspective. Let's throw something on the wall and and see what sticks. Yeah, Jeff, one of the things I I think about, too, with with some of the data that that we're going to be able to get eventually is, you know, right now, you know, you think about energy and some of those things, those are quantifiable items that can be calculated and those sorts of things. And I don't what are your thoughts on as we as we move forward, our ability to quantify that, you know, there's always on a campus, there's that great building that has awesome interaction and the people just really love it. And, and right now it's that's you know, that's a anecdotal sort of building analysis and looking at the building, you know, how, how do you think we might be able to really start to quantify some of those things that right now we, we base on experience and really observation? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it's going to be really dependent on vertical markets and they're going to progress differently in that area. I think the first one that we'll probably be able to quantify fairly easily is commercial real estate. I think the commercial real estate industry is really focusing on this right now because they feel like if they can crack this, they can uh, reflect the benefits in the lease rates that they're able to uh, obtain. And so I think that'll be the first real test of this is that if they can use this data in a way that achieves something, like you said, measurable, then they feel like they can reflect that in the value that they're providing to their tenants and the lease rates that they're able to obtain. And, and those types of groups too, they're aggregating together a lot of times and, and maintaining and operating large groups of buildings. Yeah. Which I think gives them a little bit more scale sometimes to be able to, 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 to scale things and really get the benefit across that portfolio of buildings that they're working in. Yeah. And so they can, they can really reap more of the benefit from some of this data analytics to start with that you get out of intelligent buildings. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think we're at an interesting place in a lot of other, you know, vertical markets that don't have that direct comparison of being able to measure it by lease rates is we really have to get to the benefits instead of talking about all the things that the technology can do. And, you know, does, does that interest you? Would you like to do this? That that's, that's backwards in my opinion. I, I think we've got to start focusing on what's really important to the client. What's the outcome they want to achieve. And then the role of, our industry is to help the client assess whether we're there yet. You know, can we, can we achieve that with data and analytics and artificial intelligence? And, or and Jeff, as I was getting ready for this, this podcast, I was, I was thinking about other places where we use data and I, I'm a big baseball fan. And so, yep. you know, it, in the, in recent years, they've really gotten to the point where, you know, for example, how do you judge a great center fielder before it was, you know, a scout, a manager, a fans and their, and their eyes. And now with data, they can measure, you know, where's the center fielder, where was the ball hit, you know, should the center fielder have gotten there? And they've, they've quantified all of that data to, to determine, you know, is that center fielder a great fielder or not? And yeah. I just think in that same way, we're going to start to apply those things to buildings. You know, we're oh, starting to think- your eyeballs telling you if it's a great building I think you're exactly right. And I think that's a great analogy. And I think you see it in, uh, you know, other sports as well. My, my son is graduating in the data science field. And so he, he likes sports and he likes to talk to me about some of the, you know, projects and things that they're working on as, as he wraps up his degree. And he was talking about sports from the perspective of basketball, you know, the, the, the big debate about if you're up by three, do you foul with less than certain number of seconds? And, you know, there's coaches that feel one way or another, but the data is absolutely clear on that. And the same way with football, you know, under certain circumstances, do you always go for it on fourth down? And the data again is absolutely clear on that, but you have coaches that absolutely won't do that. They'll, they'll kick the field goal because that's what their gut tells them to do. And so I think you're going to have the the same thing in, in buildings. The, the more we accumulate data, the more we accumulate all of this intelligence, you're going to, you're going to have building owners that will, will trust it and go down that road. And you'll have others that are going to resist it and maybe not uh, want to embrace it as much, but it's going to be an interesting dynamic. As an owner, where how do you begin uh, collecting this data? If if you you know what what enables that yeah. in in your building, whether it's a new building or or an existing building. I think you know. Luckily for building owners, a lot of these systems have started to become more like traditional IT systems. So they're starting to store their own data in very common ways that are typical in the IT industry. And so that gives us the ability to start thinking about how do we create some kind of a central data repository in a building? I think, you know, a couple of challenges with that is there are some uh, data ownership questions in the industry right now. Uh, For example, you know, does the building automation vendor actually own the data? 
or does the building owner own the data? And do most building owners even know what their contracts say about that? Um, and I think the other thing that we have to really come to terms with is we have an opportunity to start collecting that data before we actually know why and before we actually know what we're going to do with it. And are building owners ready to take that leap? Or do they see that as a worthy enough of investment when they're building a building now and they have one chance to do some of this right? Do they see that as a worthy of enough investment because of the promise of analytics and artificial intelligence, you know, three, four, five years down the road? And I think, Jeff, that's when you, you get back to the different the different market segments. You know, once again, if you're a commercial building owner operator, you know, and you can gather that data in one of your buildings, now you have a portfolio to apply it against. I think there's there has been and there will be some maybe earlier adoption there. Um, for other building owners, I think it is, as you said, it's a little bit more of a leap of faith. But the the leap of faith in the end, the goal is you, you're likely going to build more buildings or add on to your building or modify your building. Yeah. That database you you put together is going to allow you to make better decisions with that next phase, that next remodel, that next reuse of that really you know precious resource of a building that you have. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, you know, I think healthcare might be primed to be the next one because that's somewhat similar to the commercial real estate example in the fact that they're talking about, you know, reimbursements and how HCAP scores drive reimbursements. And if, if a, if a technology can be shown from the data to improve the patient experience or to improve outcomes or to lower readmissions and that directly impacts the financial health of the healthcare organization then i think you know they'll they'll be more willing to make that leap and it it's probably in my view it's probably small wins you know it might be data that finally shows that circadian rhythms and lighting you know, have a direct impact or some sort of a, a smart board or some sort of a interactive education tool helps people take care of themselves when they get discharged. And so it lowers readmissions. I, I think that's probably the next industry that's going to realize a, a measurable effect. I, I think one of the things that's really started to, to come about, too, is just, you know, different you know, different components of the building, like lighting. You know, I think, Jeff, we've talked about it. Lighting is everywhere in a building. And it's pretty, from a cost standpoint, fairly straightforward to add sensors to that, to those, to that lighting. Yeah. They can, they can give you generic data on occupant movement, occupancy of the spaces, you know, those sorts of things to where you can start to build, build that database that you'll use in the future to make better decisions. And a lot of that stuff, I think, Mike, is we, we don't necessarily have to think about those as additional costs in a building. You know, we sometimes think of intelligent buildings as being an investment. But I think the thing that we often overlook is there's some really discrete things we can do today to leverage economies of scale from the technology 
to lower the cost of implementation of a lot of this infrastructure so that things like taking a taking a leap of faith on putting a sensor at every light fixture isn't a net add to the construction cost. And so I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for some of that low hanging fruit to to start dipping your toe into this into this idea. And I think it just goes to the to the investment. And I, I'll go back to sports just for a minute too. you know, the teams that invested in the, the analytics and utilizing the data and gathering the data. You know, you don't get the data on the players without investing in in the technology and your stadiums and your fields to measure that data. Right. They saw a great reward from that. And I think the same thing is going to be said, you know, you know, for building owners. I think to pivot just a little bit, Jeff, I mean, we're, we are engineers. What about the risk? What are the risks that you see that come along with this, this intelligent building and this additional data that's going to be there? What, what do you see as something that folks need to keep in mind from that standpoint? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the, the one that's on the top of everybody's mind is cybersecurity, of course. Um, if, there, if there was an advantage, if you want to think about it as an advantage of older technologies that were proprietary and, you know, insular is that, you know, they weren't necessarily subject to the same security risks that a uh, IT based system, a standards based system that is an IT system is subject to. And so I think handling the cybersecurity issues is critically important. Um, And that really goes to how these systems get implemented and discussed in a building. Is it is it part of an overall IT system in a building and managed by an IT system or an IT department? Or is it something that's done solely within the realm of the facilities department, completely separate from the IT network? Those are, uh, there's, there's cybersecurity implement- implications that are on the pro and con side of both of those approaches. So that's probably the biggest one that comes to mind. I mean, do you think, Jeff, that those sorts of concerns are manageable in a way that will allow folks to really still take advantage of this? Or how, how big of a barrier do you see the cybersecurity issues being on this? No, I, I think it's I think it's manageable. I, I think what it comes down to is recognizing that you have to engage professionals in that area that have a strong expertise in cybersecurity, and you have to implement what's required to do it right. Um, There's always going to be this race between, you know, security professionals and hackers. And that's just the reality of the world that we live in, unfortunately. But some of it is also just the commitment, right? The understanding the value of the the intelligent building and the intelligence in buildings and the data that you're going to, you're going to gather and understand that you need to make that investment in the cybersecurity that you're talking about. As as with everything, it's a risk reward conversation. You know, there are risks, no doubt, but what's the reward? And um, you know, the the value of the data. We like to talk about you know data as currency. The value of the data, that's a reward. And what you can do with that data is a reward. And like everything in life, it's about balancing the risks with the rewards. Joe, you got you got something to add, it sounds like? Yeah, just again, from the owner's perspective, uh, 
you know, where do they where do they begin? How do they begin this discussion and say they're planning a new building and when does this all come into play? Is it you know is there a timeline, a, a sweet spot where you can gain the most uh, economy out of these decisions? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, the one great thing about our industry is we've progressed so much on that issue in the last 20 to 25 years. But, you know, if you think back then, anything that was IT related or technology related was something that you did towards the end of the project and kind of a afterthought almost the, the design team prepared your buildings with a bunch of conduit rough ends and then on the owner's side of the line was the FF&E to do all of these technology systems. And I think in most cases, although it's not universally true, I think people have recognized the need to accelerate the involvement of all of this um, earlier in the project. And I think when we start talking about specifically intelligent buildings and artificial intelligence and things, the, the key thing to understand is there's really no lines of demarcation anymore. You can't draw a clean line of demarcation between what is an IT system and what is a security system and what is an AV system and what is a building automation system. It's all a single ecosystem. And so you have to start with the planning of that just like you start the planning of every other project, which is at the beginning. There's really no other way to successfully do it. Hey, Joe, I've got something to add, but go go ahead with what you've got. Uh, yeah, just uh, kind of a follow-up. What is there a risk that an owner takes by not going down this path? Oh, I, I think absolutely. Yeah. I think there's, there's absolutely a risk to that. And I think that goes to the point I was going to make was as, you know, if we look at how we function, you know, in buildings and just in our jobs, I mean, COVID's been a great example of how integral technology is to the work that we do every day. And it's really integral to any building. And I think as, as Jeff talked about, you know, it used to be that you added, you added technology to a building. I think now you're building the building, the infrastructure, the mechanical HVAC electrical systems are really built to support the occupant and their comfort but then really to support the function of the technology in that building. That's a great point, Mike. And, you know, I think I'd add to that and say, I think the risk of not doing something happens, you know, sort of like this. It's our construction budgets aren't getting any bigger and we're trying to do more and more with those construction dollars. And so I think, you know, the, the client that finally figures this out, and is able to achieve all these economies of scale, able to plan and appropriately budget for this from the beginning, they're going to achieve a certain outcome. And if that outcome is successful and it increases, you know, the satisfaction of their workers and it, it brings in um, customers because the customer experience is great. I think few businesses don't have competition and the competition in the market that hasn't figured it out is going to see this shiny new thing across town and say, how in the world did they do that when we have to value engineer half of this stuff out of our projects? 
And so I think that's where the rubber's finally going to meet the road is there's going to be a project that gets built that figures this out. And everyone else is going to look at that project and, and wonder what they're doing wrong. And I, I think when we talk about a building where they figure it out, Jeff, it's a building where the, where the, where that's going to be obvious from the occupants, right? The occupants are really going to love the building. And I think, you know, that kind of goes to another thought is how, how in the future do we really get better data from the occupants on what they think? You know, we've talked about tracking motion and those things, but I know, you know, Jeff, you and I and others we've talked about is there, you know, should we really be polling occupants using, you know, an app to say, hey, what, what do you like? What don't you like? So that, you know, you can operate the building better and you can build your next building better as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And I think it all, you know, we, we're, we're kind of we're kind of bringing that philosophy into our lives from our private lives. You know, you think about simple rating systems in like Uber or you know, you walk into a public restroom and there's the three smiley face or smiley face and frown face and whatever the third one is button on the wall, you know, for something as simple as how was your experience in this restroom? I, I think we're becoming more accepting of that sort of uh, a rating system or evaluation. And as we figure out how to inject that into our, our work lives and, almost be able to provide that feedback data with no effort at all. I think that's really going to contribute to the goal that you're talking about. And the other part of this is going to be AI. I think as, as far as building operation, I know even already there's, there's groups that are using AI to optimize the operation of their HVAC systems as far from an energy standpoint, and that's already being done. And I think that's, that's another part of this that's going to continue. And if AI is going to be part of the future, it's yeah. powered by data. That's right. So, you know, how, how are we going to feed it with that data? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and I think that's a critical element to think about. And it, it really, it goes to the leap of faith conversation we had earlier that as a building owner, if you believe that artificial intelligence is going to help you operate a building better than you could operate it on your own, then that's a reason right there to start thinking about how do you start to collect and store this data? Because the, the analytics, the artificial intelligence is, is fed by the data. And we certainly don't have all of the artificial intelligence today that we know we're going to have. And you have no idea when that one magic bullet happens that, that meets the objective of what your most important issue is in your building. And so you've got to be prepared for it and figuring out how to store and, and collect that data today is, is how you prepare for that. And, and I think if you look at where people have started and are starting with some of the artificial intelligence piece, is it, it does, you know, I think it's been focused a lot on the energy use and the operation side of the building because that's an area where you can quantify the savings. You can quantify a return on investment right. and the, the money spent on that infrastructure and compare that to the energy 
and operational costs that you've saved through energy savings and, and maintenance savings. Yeah. So it feels like that's where we started, Jeff, but I don't know. What's, what's your thought on no, that? No, I think you're right. I, I think, I think it's natural that especially, you know, in this idea again of data as currency, you're going to start where you feel like you can re- achieve an ROI because that, that helps you in your justification for doing some of these things in the first place. I think once you've conquered that, I think, you know, then some of the more subjective things come into play, you know, like why does a customer return to a certain merchant every time instead of another one? Why do you go to one gas station or one pharmacy or one electronic store versus another? Does it have anything to do with the, the, the experience while you're there? And, um, I think those subjective things will be the the second step in, in, in achieving this. So I think that, and Joe, it looks like you've got something to add, but I think Joe, that goes back to your point of if, if you, if you are looking at a place to start, I think, I think that's one of the places to start. And then the infrastructure that's going to be in place on, on that sort of energy analysis and AI around your HVAC system operation, will just, you can apply that then to these future opportunities. Yeah, no, I just wanted to, uh, yeah, to agree with what you guys are, are pointing out here as, as, you know, where you can get a good start on 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 this journey toward intelligent buildings. Uh, and also, I you know, I, I wanted to see, we're, we're kind of getting close to our time allotment here. Uh, did you guys want to touch on anything else before we sign off? Why don't I say something, Jeff, and then I'll let you wrap it up with your thought. It's it's exciting where we're headed. It's exciting, the opportunities, and it's really um, helping all of us to have that vision of, of where we're going to be in the future and put those those things in place today so that we can really get those successful outcomes in the future. I think that's it's really a fun, fun opportunity. I, I think so, too. You know, we've both been in this industry for well over 20 years, Mike, and I, I think this is a uh, this is a time that really is exciting because it's kind of a a new revolution in the industry and something that's going to be with us for a long time. And and I think you know change is hard, and in this case, we're talking about not only change from the building owner's perspective, but we're talking about a, a huge change. Uh, from an AEC industry perspective, and that that maybe is a good podcast for another day. But um, I think if we can figure that out and we can we can make that change together, there's some some huge promises on the horizon. Sounds great, you guys. Um, appreciate you both uh, being with us today here on our initial podcast. To those of people who have listened in uh, thank you for joining us today uh, actually you're listening to this on a recording but uh, we would like you to subscribe to the imeg podcast uh, on whatever podcast app you're using we we plan to do many more podcasts on many more topics and would like you to benefit from those if you'd like to follow up with mike or jeff on anything that we discussed today uh feel free to visit our website at imegcorp.com. If you go to our leaders page, you can quickly find each of these gentlemen listed there with their contact information. And so with that, I will sign off for today. Mike and Jeff, uh, appreciate you being here and and, uh, you guys have a good day. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, it was fun.